0: I'm not going to listen to this. you're chanting. I'm not going to hear this now.
1: film history that have been as disrespected as the 1990s. But to really understand the decade and all its zubazzed hypercolor madness, it's going to take a couple of someones who suffered through it the first time around. Elric Kane and Brian Sauer are ready to relive every minor miracle that barely escaped the decade one month at a time. So shut your eyes, pinch your nose, and take the plunge. It's Pure Cinema Podcast versus the 90s.
2: We are rolling. Welcome to Pure Cinema Podcast. But the Doesn't 90s worry.
3: cult leftovers.
2: Yes, yes indeed. And what you heard instead of our normal intro is a very cool <laughs> remix intro done by Bobby Roberts who does the 80s All Over podcast. He does the actual voice for the intro of the show, I believe, and all the editing and stuff for the show um so he was kind enough to kind of redo our theme and and redo an intro so i thought that was pretty awesome i thought we'd just throw it on the front of this so yeah so Uh, we're just gonna roll through a bunch of um runner-ups is that what we're talking about basically
3: after you watch all 20 of the next (laughs) 90s recommendations all over
2: yes indeed what you got sir
3: All right, I'm going to start with one of my least favorite uh, types of movie, which is a period piece. Uh, In general, I'm not Mr. Period Piece, but sometimes when when one kind of knocks my socks off, I'm all over it. Uh, Number 10 on my list, even though we're not necessarily numbering these, was a real surprise to me. Man, when I saw this movie in cinemas, I was just like, whoa, who is this new director? It's actually Ray Fiennes' sister, Martha Fiennes, and it's called Onegin.
1: I listened to
0: you
2: once all those years ago, and I... I feel that you acted honorably. I do not accuse you.
1: Please, Tatiana, hear me. Please. Why? Hear me. Why?
2: Because I'm noble now. Am I noble enough for you now?
4: Evgeny, you should know that this, all of this, this life, my life, my life is empty and hollow. And I would happily exchange all that you see around me for the life that I had. Tell me that you feel nothing. My
0: husband is asleep upstairs.
1: Tell me that you love me.
4: I loved you once. A long time ago.
5: You haven't forgotten? No.
1: Tatiana, I beg you,
2: be with me. You you told me once that my heart would heal. So will yours, Evgeny.
4: And has it healed? Hmm?
1: Has your heart healed? Oh, God. It hurts. Has it healed? Hmm? I don't think so. It hurt? Why? <laughs> Tell
4: me. Tell me. Why does it hurt?
2: Because you are too late. Yes, you are too
3: late for me. Um, it's from 99. It was based on a Pushkin novel, so it has that feeling of like Tolstoy and these kind of uh, operatic, epic Russian things, but it's really pared down and it looks like. <clears throat> Almost a spiritual sequel to Barry Lyndon, and and this will be totally you know don't quote me on this. I'm glad this is just going to Patreon people. I might prefer it in some ways to Barry Lyndon. What? I, yeah, well, it's an amazing little movie. It's That's shot crazy. so well, but it has a very similar scene. I mean, it, it's probably riffing too heavily on Barry Lyndon to really you know put it above it. Uh, Barry Lyndon's virtuoso, but this movie is uh, has an amazing dual scene in fog at the crack of dawn, like it's just like, holy shit. But it's, you know, Ray Fiennes is the star of it, playing a very kind of unhappy, jaded aristocrat who basically just sees Liv Tyler um, at one point, who just looks stunning in this movie, the way they make her look in the Russian kind of costuming and stuff. And, uh, I can't remember if it's a friend and then then somebody else falls in love with her and it becomes, you know, a kind of a dual type situation. But uh, it's really cinematic and it has a lot of like restrained sexuality and stuff. It, it's really like top nut Martin Donovan's in it. He's great. Lita Hedley from Game of Thrones. It's it's one of those real gems. Like one of the reasons like lists like this, this is the kind of movie I used to this is a to proof that I used to go see every movie, like in theaters. <laughs> like, otherwise, there's no way I would have picked this up on DVD. I used to see any new movie in a movie theater in my 20s or whatever, and this is one of them. And after I saw it, I was like, holy shit, that was a great movie. And unfortunately, Martha Fiennes hasn't really gone on to much more. A couple smaller films, but um, if you had judged on this movie, you would think she would be uh, you know, as, as big as her brother in some ways.
2: Yeah, that's another stumper for me. I have not seen that.
3: Yeah, if you even look at the trailer. Like that's uh, unlike Fearless. This is a really interesting a trailer that will give you a real good look at the stall, and you'll be like, "Whoa, what is this movie?" <laughs> like it really isn't a low budget indie. It's it's pretty gorgeous.
2: Very cool. I got to check it out. Huh? Um and I will say that your pick because I thought it was going to be something else has inspired me to um, on the fly change out a pick here and I'm going to start with a period piece myself
3: Holy shit this just doesn't happen
2: No Regular man episodes. not not this anywhere must be but Patreon. Pa- Exactly <laughs> <There> <laughs> Some crazy know. Patreon improvisation Um I'm going to go with Age of Innocence Scorsese's film Age of Innocence uh-huh.
4: I want you to talk to me about May Are you very much in love with her
2: As much as a man can be
4: Do you think there's a limit In a time of tradition. In a place of privilege. Newland Archer lived his life by the rules of his society. I want everybody to know. What? That we're engaged. (laughs) Until he met a woman who lived by her own rules. I think they're all a little angry with me for setting up for myself. I hear she means to get a divorce.
5: She made an awful marriage, but that doesn't make her an outcast.
1: I came to see what you were running away from.
4: All I really want is to feel cared for and safe. Is there someone else? We should remember marriage is marriage and Ellen is still a wife. When can I see you? I can't be your wife, Newland. Is it your idea I should live with you as your mistress? You gave me my first glimpse of a real life. And then you asked me to carry on with a false one. No one can endure that. I'm enduring it.
0: Everybody knows.
4: Have you considered the consequences? What the hell does that mean, sir? From the Pulitzer Prize-winning novel. Shall I come to you? Columbia Pictures is proud to present Daniel Day-Lewis Michelle Pfeiffer Winona Ryder They never knew what it meant to be tempted, but you did. The Age of Innocence A Martin Scorsese Picture
3: Good choice. You know, that's one I've been meaning to rewatch for about 20 years. I've seen it once, don't remember anything. It's like the film of all his films, I remember least.
2: Yeah, it's it's one that I remember seeing for the first time, and and I think I was way too much in the Goodfellas casino headspace, and I was just like, no, 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 this, isn't, this does not work at all. And I've since gone back and watched it a couple more times, and every time it gets better, and it's just, I don't know, it's a beautiful movie. I, I think everybody that hasn't seen it should give it a chance you know i think it's great
3: i feel like all our pairings now have to be like i'll i'll say my pick and you have to change your pick and match the tone I of that <laughs> don't know i
2: think i think the rest are probably going to be difficult to match uh, cuz
3: good uh, well, this next one uh, is just – I almost put it in the the first ten, and I don't know what stopped me, but, man, this is a, a movie that I find, like, just delightful, and it's not the kind of movie I normally – you would normally associate with me, but I really love it. I haven't seen in a long time. It is by uh, – of all the directors who have taken over the new Han Solo film, this is my favorite of the directors, Ron Howard. Uh, it's called The Paper.
0: 99% of your time and effort goes into three basic things, your house – your work, your family.
1: Henry, you know those days that can
4: change your whole life? This is one of them for us. For good or bad, it can happen either way today. So, you know, don't blow it. <laughs> and all three of them pulling you once in different directions.
1: Every day, I'm behind from the minute I get up. I walk, talk, and think as fast as I can just to
6: keep my head above water.
1: Wait a minute! It's not even... It'll be too... Look, listen... If you put them all together, three of them want more than you gotta give. I'm on my way out at 8:25, and I just happen to notice that our presses aren't running. It strikes me as rather odd, since we are, after all, a newspaper. I gotta go. First of all, you look fabulous. Your family, I mean, they're, they're people, and so you figure you can get a little human leeway there. I mean, you figure they'll bend.
6: You
5: listen, Henry. Listen. Listen. You don't see. Of, co- of course, I see
4: see what so what do you do about that what is that a gun i told
6: you sandusky's after me
1: when did you get so paranoid
6: when they started plotting against me
1: you want to run the story you got five hours until eight o'clock go get the story boy what, what if these aren't the guys what if they're innocent? Detain them today we make them look good on saturday everybody's happy i saw the investor list you
5: are so good do you know how good you aren't this you drive me crazy in here like this but what are you wearing?
4: It's wrong. Not for today. It's
1: not. Tomorrow, it's wrong. We only have to be right for a day. People will read this, Alicia, and they'll believe us. Don't just take a position because it's the opposite of what she says. I mean, it's like watching a bunch of sixth graders. This is so good at running this tonight. Tomorrow is fine. Tomorrow. No, 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 today. Tomorrow, tomorrow, tomorrow. Don't take the bat out of my hand. i the night ninth You know what this is like? I gotta get the quote. The guy's not gonna be there all night. I gotta get it. We run what we got. What the hell is going on? Are you nuts?
2: Oh, shoot, I forgot that was from the 90s.
3: Yeah, That's 94, a- and it's a
2: fucking great movie. I like that movie a lot. And
3: it's and it's Michael Keaton in one of his best last roles before he kind of fell out for a while. Like, just he just wasn't in stuff before kind of Birdman. But he's he's just playing this uh, newspaper man, and he's always on a deadline. He's always behind. And then Marissa Tomei, his wife, is like, you know, nine months pregnant, ready to pop. And he's being offered a new job with the New York Times, a dream job or something that matters. And Glenn Close is his kind of rival at the same page. Even though they're friends, they're kind of always like kind of at odds about what the truth in the news is. And it feels very topical to now. It's probably got some of the social elements are probably a little dated and cheesy, but the actual uh, oh and also Robert Duvall is, you know, the boss. Everything about the the chemistry on screen. But what I didn't realize until I just watched the trailer again before talking about now is I totally forgot that I just saw Spider-Man this weekend and Michael (laughs) Keaton, Marissa Tomei.
2: And I realized,
3: Oh my God. And then what's crazy is Michael Keaton looks like he's aged 40 years. She looks like she's aged five. I mean, (laughs) Like, honestly, they, they you look at this trailer and he looks like he's, you know, 40. He look, now looks 60. She looks the same age, pretty much. Uh, it's kind of nuts. But uh, this is a really great little movie. And it and it's proof that Ron Howard, I think when he when his material isn't too heavy-handed, I think he can knock it out of the park. Yeah. I think his problem is when the stuff's a bit too epic or it just on the nose, he, it doesn't work. But uh, the paper and uh, parenthood and things like that, he's dynamite, you know.
2: I actually really like Frost Nixon. oh yeah yeah good point a a later one and then I've heard that the car racing one with Thor that he did is good too oh yeah Uh, I've
3: heard that too I didn't watch
2: that one I haven't I've been meaning to watch it forever anyway I'm gonna go with another movie that's kind of like it's not like the paper exactly but it's it's a movie that definitely got some recognition at the time okay no it's totally different than the paper (laughs) never mind it's it's directed by Ron Howard it's Dick Tracy no it's not directed by Ron Howard
5: My mind. Extra,
1: extra,
5: Tracy battles move I'm taking this bomb out of the headlines. I'm rubbing him out.
1: hey Tracy!
5: Watch you out. Take Tracy to me?
0: I say we kill Tracy now.
1: You challenge me, we all go down. Are
0: gonna arrest me? I want to know who killed Lips Manless. Not the
4: bad. Not the bad. Big
0: boy. Not the bad. I know, and I'm gonna miss you. But all's fair in love and business.
4: Whose side are you on? The side I'm always on. Mine
1: this territory is my territory now. Everything he owns, I own.
4: Move in and take your positions. Okay, boys, let's go. And you, are guilty of attempting to bribe an officer of the law. She does some nifty undercover work. That Dick Tracy drives you crazy, doesn't? He? All right, that's enough.
1: I want Dick Tracy.
4: See, let's do go. luck. You have just said goodbye to us. Aren't you gonna frisk me? Stupid cop Tracy. One baby is Dick Tracy. Dick since-
2: Tracy. See, this is a thing where it was a huge deal when it came out. You know, there was collector's cups and all the shit. McDonald's. Everyone...
3: McDonald's did a crazy big thing oh, for like man.
1: months. I remember. You can become a detective in McDonald's Dick Tracy Crime Stopper game. Want to play games, huh, copper? Rub out the evidence and follow the clues.
5: Follow that car
1: To collect rewards like a big man or up to a million bucks. Okay, you win. Give me the bag! Dick Tracy. The movie is only in theaters. You're under arrest. The game is only at McDonald's.
2: It was huge. It was a huge deal. But I feel like it sort of just swallowed the movie or, you know, its own hype swallowed it. And it being kind of similar to Batman, maybe? Including a, a sort of standoff at the end that's really similar. I th- I don't know what happened, but somehow I think... People just saw it as a joke movie and kind of let it, you know, slide by. Or they saw it as like a studio movie that that Warren Beatty made because he, I don't know, had to, or because he wanted to get some movies made like Bullworth or something like that. But. Mm. But I don't know what happened with it, and I mean, it's shot by Vittorio Storaro, I think, you know, so it's a gorgeous looking movie, and I don't know, I just think it's a fun, it's one of my favorite comic book movies, so. I mean,
3: it's one of the best design movies ever made, but I just have not seen it since it came out. I remember just feeling like it was kind of tonally a little flatter, over the top, but I think it's probably because we had just seen Batman that we were wanting it to be a bit grittier or something.
2: I think it plays better now, you know? I really do. So mm. I definitely recommend a revisit. And I do feel like there are other people that are – I'm not alone in this, certainly. There are a lot of other people that have come to re-embrace this movie. Or maybe they never stopped liking it, but it's definitely one I feel like has got sort of something going on, but mm. doesn't have enough.
3: Yeah, I'd re-watch that. It's on Blu-ray. Yeah. Gotta do that. Uh, the, my next one's probably no one is gonna be, have heard of this one, but they will have heard of its director. And in the 90s, he had about four films I considered putting in my top. 10 of the original one, and they're uh, all films by uh, the Japanese director Takeshi Kitano, or Beat Takeshi, as he's called. Uh, Hanabi is a brilliant one. I think it's one of the best gangster movies ever made. Uh, And there's a lot of, you know, everything from violent cop uh, on. But he made this one movie, which is totally unlike the rest of his movies, which he's usually the star of, and they're usually extremely violent gangster movies. He made a little film called A Scene at the Sea.
2: Oh, I love that movie. Oh, you've seen it. That's yes. great.
3: That's awesome that you've seen this. I had a friend Good who would, oh, cause he knew that I was into Katana, but he kept saying, Oh, there's this one film that I just, he loved more than anything. And I wouldn't watch it for years cause it looked so boring. And then one day I put it on. And I was like, Oh my God. It's so, I would call it probably Katana's Ozu movie, yep. like a tribute to Ozu. And it is so totally fucking, yeah beautiful it is basically a uh, a teenager with like a bad hearing impairment uh but he's a cool you know he's this cool looking teenager uh is a garbage man for the city and he just goes around picking up garbage uh he has a girlfriend who has the same kind of hearing impairment so they're basically deaf uh the two characters and she always kind of just follows him around and they're they go they kind of live in silence basically walking around together and one day he sees a on his trash run he sees a uh a surfboard that's been dumped and it's just so something you just don't associate with Japan, and he takes the surfboard, and he goes out to the sea, uh, out to the beach, and tries surfing for the first time, I and, mean, you know, falls on his ass, and they, all the locals, like, laugh at him and make fun of him, and his girlfriend every day watches him, and every day he goes down there and tries again, And she will, and watches him, and I think it's kind of saying something like, if you can't hear people trying to tear you down you can achieve something because he just keeps doing it. he doesn't take in what people are laughing at him and until he gets you know better at surfing and the relationship maybe you know maybe might become questionable but it's such a simple simple elegant it's one of those movies you're like whoa it would be like i don't know like kubrick going from clockwork orange to something just small and you know before sunrise or something it's that unlikely and yet totally works and i would couldn't recommend it enough
2: yeah that's a great pick i god i haven't seen that since my laser blazer days i remember we all those katana movies came out on dvd and i watched i think most of the big ones did i watch yeah um, there's like
3: anna b and boiling point um, boiling i can't, point I can't remember if I um, watched that and son of Teen. yeah yeah they're, they're all good i mean i think they're all i, I B's probably my favorite of all his movies because just it's a very mature kind of uh gangster pick uh but this movie is just so special that i wanted to make sure people uh shared it
2: yeah i don't know if i have the dvd i, I gotta get that now that's a great one um i love the Osu. i'm o-
3: glad you saw it I, I didn't expect you to have seen that one cause it only was because only
2: because i only because i worked in a video store that there's no other way i would have seen that because it came in and i noticed his name on it and it's awesome. So my next one is one that almost made my my list. I mean, obviously these all almost did, but this one was on and off the actual list, and it's Schizopolis from mm-hmm. uh, Soderbergh.
6: Ladies and gentlemen, young and old, this may seem an unusual procedure speaking to you before the picture begins, but we have an unusual subject. Turn. When I say that this is the most important motion picture you will ever attend. My motivation is not financial gain, but a firm belief that the delicate fabric that holds all of us together will be ripped apart unless every man, woman, and child in this country sees this film and pays full ticket price, not some bargain matinee cut-rate deal. Turn. In the event that you find certain sequences or ideas confusing, please bear in mind that this is your fault, not ours. You will need to see the picture again and again until you understand everything. Turn. In closing, I want to assure you that no expense was incurred bringing this motion picture to your theater. And now, Filmed in its entirety and proven to heal minor cuts and abrasions, we proudly present Schizopolis.
2: Just a very goofball, experimental, you know, new wave influenced piece of bizarreness that I just really, really like. Um, from an He's opening... really good in it, too. Yeah, he's really good in it. He does this crazy opening speech to start the movie. It's very vignette-ish, which I've always kind of liked in comedies, you know, sometimes. I mean, you know, things like Kentucky Fried Movie and what have you. So, I don't know. There's just something about that movie that I find really special. And I think the first time I watched it, I was... it was another case of, like, growing on me. I was like, oh, that was an interesting experiment. But I didn't love it. And now uh, there's parts of it that I absolutely love, you know. Munson!
1: I don't need to tell you how critical this is. Hometown, pay-per-view, the eyes of the media, here's what I need. It should be lengthy enough to seem substantial, yet concise enough to feel breezy. It should be serious, but with a slight wink. It should lay out a new course of action, but one that can change direction at any moment. If you must mention facts and figures, don't do so directly. The general thrust should remain embedded in one's mind forever. But specific words should be forgotten the moment they are heard. It should contain nothing that can't be confirmed or denied. It should be on my desk Friday morning. Is there something you want... Master Richards has fucked me! Has fucked Mr. Schwitters! And has fucked the entire corporation! You're writing the speech! (laughs)
6: <laughs> I can't Are
1: you telling me that you can't take a substantial raise Or that huge new office Is that what you're telling me
6: Friday 10am I'll just
3: I, I know people that's their favorite of his movies I know some people really like that movie a lot
2: Yeah it's good stuff
3: I haven't seen that one again for a while But I, I did see it maybe 10 years ago And I thought it was really funny and strange um, and I, I just love that it shows, like, what a weirdo he is. Like, he's the kind of guy who could have been whatever he wanted. Like, he could be the biggest director. He could be, like, a Chris Nolan-type director. But he, but because he's so weird, he wants to keep experimenting, too. And I like that about him.
2: Yeah, me too.
3: He never settled. Um, my next one is another foreign film that uh, you might have heard of from your video store days, too. Uh, there's a director, a Spanish director called Julio Medim. Uh, and he made a few films that I saw in a row that I, I loved all of them. Um, but the one I'm talking about is The Red Squirrel.
4: ¿Sí? No Ever hear that one?
3: I don't know. You I might have stopped it's, me
2: again. Um
3: you might it's basically a guy is about to commit they're very these very romantic surreal funny and kind of dark almost like Almodovar-esque kind of almost thrillers but not quite hard, hard, it's just that perfectly 90s kind of cinema but it's it's opens with a guy who's about to commit suicide i think on a bridge or something and uh as he's kind of you know fighting with himself he uh, to jump whether to jump or not a girl riding a motorcycle goes off the bridge and has a bad accident and he's like oh shit so he goes help her and takes her to hospital and she's forgotten everything so he pretends that they've been in a relationship for four years to the doctor and then he takes her home and then it becomes... Quite surreal and strange, and it's definitely kind of borderline becomes a thriller, but it's also like always kind of romantic. It's if you've seen Spanish movies from that period, it'll make sense. Uh, But you might you'll recognize a couple of the movies he did after that. Uh, uh, One of the ones that you might not know is uh, Lovers of the Arctic Circle was also kind of a big art house one, which is great. But Sex and Lucia which was more recent like the last wow. uh, 10. Years. That that's one that most people will have seen. But the this thing I always remember it is a really good trailer too if you look it up just really strange and it will give you a good taste for it but I have a um, real soft spot one of my favorite subgenres and something I've made a very a long list of, for, yeah, and I'm not sure if I put on Letterboxd or if it's still a movie, but about amnesia movies. I think it's like my, if I was ever going to write something, I think I'd write something about all the different various forms of amnesia or characters who forget their past because it's such a cinematic device. It's such a kind of ludicrous thing when you think about it uh, because you don't know anyone who's ever had it, (laughs) you know what I mean? And yet it works so well with movies and it's been used so many different ways. So this, this is one I, I kind of found for that, but what's cool about it when I looked it up is that Stanley Kubrick was such a huge fan of it apparently he purchased the director's own personal print which wow. i just yeah was just on imd i was like oh cool so good to know he he dug it so i think if you're uh, into those if you like um you like that thriller period of alma dover movies that he's been doing in the last like 15 years uh you'll probably dig this
2: well i do have an on the fly pick for that cool an amnesia comedy mm. from 1994, *Clean Slate*. Can I guess. Oh, okay. Yeah. Sorry.
3: <laughs> no, no, I was gonna guess. I was gonna guess *Amateur* by Hal Hartley.
2: <laughs> oh, that's another amateur. I forgot <laughs> there was 90s, <laughs> 90s amnesia he comedies. Out, he
3: folds out the window and loses his uh, memory. That's hilarious. Your name is M. L. Pogue. Whenever you go to
4: sleep, you lose your memory. Whatever you do, don't panic.
1: What?
5: Imagine every morning you wake up, you can't remember who you are. Your name is M.
4: L. Pogue. Who, do you kiss me? Ah.
0: who your loved ones are?
4: Is my dog? Find out. that Rusty.
0: Oh. Or for that matter. Ah! Who the hell any of these
4: people are? Seen all your faces here today, uh, John and Susan and Mary
5: and, and Fred Ethel and Little Ricky. And now, Detective M. L. Pogue has to figure out what's up with his friends.
1: How's Dolby doing? Oh, he's uh, great. Really? I heard he was shot.
0: Uh, except for
4: that, yes. <laughs> what's wrong with his dog? Who he's in love with. The woman sleeping next to you, her name is Sarah Novak.
5: (laughs) I think you're in love with her. And exactly why he's a wanted man. Don't move.
4: All right, zip up. Dana Carvey. Are you sure you got the right person here?
0: Valeria Galino.
4: I didn't mean to get you into this. Can you forgive me? Sure. Who
5: are you? In the story of a detective. He made it after all. This is the path we took.
4: We started here. Then we went here, here, down here, over here, 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 and ended up here. Who doesn't have a clue? What are you doing here? 11:30 on the dot. Ready. I'm for what clean slate what is this oh that's what
0: those were a truly unforgettable comedy
3: I love clean slate dude I love the dog with the depth perception
2: problem (laughs) oh it's so funny it's so it's such a silly sort of seemingly throwaway comedy And, and yeah it's kind of that but it's more clever than that, and it's very much like anticipating memento in a lot of ways, you know? I mean,
3: yeah, it's the same story pretty
2: much. Yeah, totally. It's a guy wakes up in the morning and has a tape recorder that he plays for himself to kind of remind himself who he is, and, and he's a private eye, so it's this really hilarious screwball idea of him trying to solve a case, a complicated case, while losing everything every day and having to start over again. And he's sort of adding to the tape every night before he goes to sleep. But anyway, it's a... What's that? It's Garth. Yes, indeed, Garth. Yeah, it's great. It's great.
3: Yeah, that's a fun one. Was that your actual pick? Yeah.
2: No, it wasn't on my list at all, actually. But <laughs> but when you said amnesia comedy, suddenly I'm like, oh, and that totally fits the bill. So
3: I like it. I like it. I like where you're going. Uh, number six, some uh, shockers, uh, if they listen to that, might have heard us talk about this in the past. But this is a, a movie I've only seen once, and it really stuck with me. I, I hope there'd be a Blu-ray of it, because I'm in the mood to see it again. It's it's a spiritual sequel, in a sense, to Wild at Heart. It's set in the same way. World as well to heart, some characters overlap, and that's Perdita Durango.
2: Well, my name is Perdita Durango.
0: Do you want to come with me?
4: Romeo De La Rosa. Santero, <laughs> drug dealer, bank robber, scumbag. There's a woman involved in Perdita Durango. She's as dangerous as he is. It's not going to take her long to break the law.
0: Well, this is the perfect place. Strangers people
2: come up with the most interesting ideas. We just have to think about doing it. Who
1: the hell are you, people?
4: <laughs> Mr. Santos will be counting on you. And I hope you don't let him down. Give him the money we agreed on. Then kill him. Oh! What are you doing? Watch, wait. And sing. luck. I'm going to put the song I know you're going to like. Listen to this.
2: I'll give you a piece of advice you Really want to do something, you just do it.
3: By director Alex de Iglesia from '97, it's one of the most kind of intense, violent, ugly, nasty movies. But it really looks like Wild at Heart, and the character at least two characters share the same universe, like from the book series by Barry Gifford, uh, who wrote this, and he also wrote Wild at Heart with uh, Lynch, uh, and he wrote novels with these characters. Uh, And this one is what uh, introduced the world to um, Javier Bardem. So, I mean, in Spain, obviously it had been in Almodovar films was already famous, but in America, this was the film that really kind of, it didn't launch his career because in fact, this film more or less got buried because uh, it was so kind of ugly because uh, it has a, you know, crazy, uh, there's a rape scene where, you know, he's raping a couple in front of his girlfriend and then they're going to sacrifice him to the devil. It's It's got all this very like evil kind of uh, background of the characters, but it's very much natural born killer's you could almost say it's uh, Hispanic natural born killers in a sense, but uh, it's him and Rosie Perez who are like psychotic uh, criminals on uh, uh, kind of having an, a, an, a dark adventure, but it's also really strange. And because Alex Iglesia is so visually an interesting director, it really works. And uh, Tony Soprano is, uh, you know, kind of on their tails. Uh, I can't remember what his character is in it, but Harry Dean Stanton has cameo. I mean, it's, it's a super fun. I mean, this of all the films, I've talked about in both lists, this is the one that deserves the cult word in front of it more than any of them because it really kind of got buried, but it also just hits all those cult buttons.
2: That's a, uh, another one I haven't seen, but I definitely know of that one. But
3: I yeah, yeah, you would definitely... It's, I mean, it's a real setup for him playing uh, the character in No Country, in my opinion, even though he's the opposite in this. He's loud, crazy, wild, versus the quiet of No Country, but it shows the depth of that kind of that's the ability to project something real dark uh it's it's a really good movie it's a really actually a cool movie I, I just love to see it again it's been a long time and i kind of want to wait till blu-ray i think it has a different title here i think it's dance with the devil
2: wow yeah i, I gotta check it out cool all right next up i have one called ted and venus have you ever seen this one
6: i don't think i have
2: i want a tube topped venus who
4: undulates my soul and my shorts. (laughs) I want a virgin whore who speaks perfect Chinese and kisses French fluidly. I want a stainless steel boudoir with a velvety throne. I want a golden parakeet to shit on her soap. I want to loofah the pain and hurt from her ivory shoulder blades. I want a woman who's not afraid of making a right turn in a left lane I want a pizza with all the trimmings, a steak tartare, hold the onions, <laughs> velvety images shrink with the rain. I want a drip-dry cunt that can take it again and again and again. I want a masthead with breasts it's me. who screams out, uh, pierce me, steal me. <laughs> Graveyard's wretch with the stink of one trillion broken hearts. Nobody gets out of here alive! I'll break your neck before you castrate me! Take this and scream out! Pierce me! Steal me! Seize me with your white, hard steel! You
5: live around here? <laughs> That was quite delightful, <laughs> though it certainly wasn't the boring we gave you the award for. you seem to have added some—well, you've taken some left turns yourself. <laughs> it was really a very interesting film. <laughs>
2: it's kind of an obscurity now because it's, I think, still um, VHS only. But it's kind of creepy to watch because it is a Bud Court movie, and he is
3: one of my favorite humans.
2: Yeah, I mean, he's one of mine too, and that's part of the reason I think some people would dig this. Oh, he
3: directed it.
2: Yeah, he directed it, and it's starring him and James Brolin. And Whoa. he plays a poet who's stalking this woman, who's super cute, by the way. And it just kind of gets weirder and more obsessive and surreal. It's 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 kind of creepy. It's actually a movie I think you might dig.
3: Man, I need to see that because uh, I'm always out. I'm kind of obsessed by Bud Cort. I think he's one of my favorite like presences. I don't think it's about yeah. him as an actor as much as just the overall thing. <laughs> that he has it's not just performance it's yeah it's almost it's almost like a Buster Keaton quality yeah you
2: know? yeah no i think this one would be interesting for you to watch because he plays a more despicable character than you're used to but he yeah. still has his odd bud sympathetic stuff i don't know so it's a weird mix as far as your sympathies when you watch it
3: yeah no that one doesn't ring a bell but i'll have to look at i was just looking for the picture of it um very cool i'll have to check that one out uh my number 5 uh, is the, by the great John Sayles, and this again is like one of his more unlikely movies that I would have loved, but I love it, and that's The Secret of Rowan Inish.
4: It was a strange day. The air was very still, like it is sometimes before a storm. And we, Jamie, sleeping in his cradle. It's like a dream that day.
1: Why did we have to leave? They say the east is our future and the west is our past. The islands to the west of us.
4: Look out there. That's roan Inishgar, Island of the Seas.
1: love of the sea is a sickness, and you two will come to grief for it. What the sea will take, the sea
4: must have. He's a troubled soul. As if he's caught between earth and water. It was a seal that brought me here, he told him. Old stories told of such creatures, luring ships onto the rocks and pulling sailors down into the drink. He saw a thing his eyes could scarce believe. Lean, had seen a selkie. Neither chains of steel nor chains of love can keep her from the sea. Is this heaven then, he said? No, lad, it's holy. Morning,
3: Aye. It's a beautiful, beautiful movie. If you have like, a, it's like his family movie basically, uh, and it's a you know ten-year-old girl sent to live with her grandparents, small fishing village in Ireland. And basically, it's about the legend of the Selkie. And my, sis- my sister's name is Silkie, which is uh, comes from the same thing. That's how I heard about this movie, because she had seen it and was explaining the meaning of the name, uh, which were kind of like uh, mermaids, but they come from seals. So uh, it's, you know, people, I think they're uh, maybe they're boys who are kind of raised as seals. But then when they're on land, you can see them as boys again. Uh, it's an Irish myth and uh the young girl basically uh sees sees the boy sees the boy that she thinks is her brother and basically slowly uncovers this that secret of rowan way. and it's a it, it, you know it just shows how much um range sales has i think it's kind of amazing to think about like for a director who did like lone star and Matwan. wan and then you watch this little movie like this and it's, you know, really quite a quite a beautiful little film and it's shot by uh, Haskell Wexer, so um, it's always notable.
2: Yeah, it's great. It's You know what? It's, it's one that I've not gotten to show my daughter yet, which is ridiculous, of all the movies I've shown her. Yeah, that would be a good one. Yeah, we, sure. got, we got to watch that. Um, yeah, I dig it. So next on my list is uh, John Waters' Pecker. Pecker? She's
4: talking. Hi, Mary. Pecker!
2: Oh wow.
1: Pepper! Pecker! Pecker! Pecker oh.
5: His name is Pecker.
1: Give me a pose. Give me some candy! Oh, honey, No, no, no. Ah! That's, no, that's enough chocolate. Say sugar.
5: A small town boy with big time talent.
2: you might my Venus to Milo,
4: you know that? You're crazy. You see art when there's
1: nothing there.
5: Who's just looking for his big break.
1: Let's hear it for Larry the Luckhead. Larry's 21 years old. Currently makes his living as a burglar.
0: I can't figure out what this one is. I kind of like it.
4: You might make a real career out of this. How much? You're going to buy it? Yeah, because I love your look. And I'd love to give you a show at my New York gallery.
5: Now the New York art world can't get enough Pecker. They really are something special.
0: The Whitney Museum wants to schedule a peek at Pecker. To Pecker. To Pecker. We're all famous. Are you homosexual?
4: Uh, no, I'm not. You wouldn't understand that.
5: He's going from Rogue.
1: Show me down and dirty.
5: To Vogue.
1: You know what? I don't want to be in Vogue.
5: Everybody wants to be in Vogue. What about New York?
1: I'm going
5: to have my own show, right here in Baltimore. Friends of the Whitney, this is Baltimore. Welcome to
1: Pecker's Place. New York
5: was never like this. Fine Line Features presents Edward Furlong, Christina Ricci, Martha Plinton, Brendan Sexton III, Ming Stoll, Patricia Hurst, Mary Kay Place and Lily Taylor in the new film directed by John Waters.
2: Supermodel! pecker mother of god yeah I, I thought that might be on yours but teabagging
3: uh, well it's teabagging too busy teabagging
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean it's uh it's definitely an underrepresented movie as far as uh, home video i don't think it has a blu-ray yet but it's about uh, a young photographer played by eddie furlong just a few well more than a couple years after terminator 2 but it's he and christina ricci and it's you know very baltimore centric you know which Obviously, it's a very personal thing to Waters, so I don't know. But I think it's a neat movie, and people don't really talk about it that much these days.
0: Pecker's my nice movie. I had to go in front of the MPAA. They said we couldn't use the title. And I grave, I thought a pretty good speech, because I've always wanted to be a lawyer, where I said things like, what angry child ever carves the word pecker in his decks? No sexist men say suck my pecker to a woman. Uh, you know, and then I thought, how about Free Willy? You allowed that in London. Uh, how about Shaft? And I named all these movies and they were just looking at me and then they said, Okay.
3: Yeah, that's a fun movie. I I also kinda have a soft spot for um I'm not sure if it was nineties, but is his uh uh what's the director one where he's making <laughs> The film oh,
2: Cecil B. Demented.
1: 6.46 p.m. in the name of underground cinema. Baltimore, Maryland. All Hollywood has come east for the premiere of Some Kind of Happiness. There's Mayor Benwick leading the procession of stars
5: to the gallery event. And now the moment everyone's been waiting for. Honey Whitlock, starlet to the stars, gorgeously dressed, makes her grand entrance.
3: And now for the moment you've all been waiting for. 7.02 p.m. When the word is given, we will seize the cinema.
4: i Cecil B. Demented! And this is a kidnapping! Yeah! Call the studio! Call Jack Valenti! Hello, Miss Whitlock. I am Cecil B. Demented, Mm? and I'm your new director. I'd like you to meet your co-stars. I call them the sprocket holes.
1: Don't worry. We're horny.
4: But our film comes first.
1: No craft service, man. No we don't take no notes. Yeah, we got to start day real. Cut. cut. I just am not motivated.
2: How's this for motivation, huh? No oh budget. We don't
4: take no notes. No budget. Oh my god, a tiny mic drop. Catch Adams does not deserve a director's cut. The first
1: one was long.
3: Yeah, Supposed to be Demented has some sequences I'm in it that too, they're laugh-out-loud funny. Like, there's a part where their brand director names, like Fassbender, on their bodies with, like, hot, like, iron brands and stuff. I mean, it's just kind of like, I, I gotta watch it again. I knew it was ridiculous, but I also thought it was quite fun. Um, it's no... None of them are serum, Mom, but still... <laughs> What are you going to do? Uh, number four, if I'm counting these down, which I wasn't going to, but uh, is uh, it was the probably the closest on this list to make him other list. Uh, man, this movie is uh, Dynamite, and it's uh, Roman Polanski's Death and the Maiden.
6: I'm really sorry for all
1: the trouble I put you to. No problem. Thanks again and goodbye. Who is that?
6: It's the guy who
0: stopped to help me. Yeah, flat in this. Can you believe it?
5: I forgot to take it out. I drove all the way home before it hit me. Of course, I'm so stupid.
4: <laughs> this time you have to have a drink. You know what Nietzsche said? No. We can never entirely possess the female soul. Oh!
5: What is this? It's him. Who? Oh. The doctor who played Death and the Maiden.
4: He thought that you recognized him. Thought? You
1: were blindfolded.
5: The voice. His laugh. <laughs>
1: I don't know you. I've never seen you before. But I, I don't know what it is you think I've done.
5: This is kidnapping. This is
1: assault. We're gonna go to jail for twenty years. What are you gonna do with him?
5: I want him to confess. How
4: can
1: I confess to something I haven't done? You might
5: kill him. We push him off the cliff onto the red car. This does know what's murder. But what am I talking about? I'm telling you, it's him. He talked about science and philosophy. He liked to quote Nietzsche. Nietzsche. She's mad, she needs therapy. You are her therapy.
4: I'm not crazy!
5: Sigourney Weaver. Ben Kingsley.
1: Stewart Stuart Wilson. You tell me, what can I say? What do you want me to say? If I'm guilty, you'll kill me. If I'm innocent, you'll kill me.
5: We just want the truth.
3: Death and the Maiden. Uh, from 94 it is so good it's the best honestly I think it's the best play adaptation I've ever seen to to take something that was a stage play and make it just so tense and on screen and the reason I didn't put in my other 10 was because of the Polanski Depardieu movie which is very similar they actually have a lot of commonalities so I put that one on because it's even less known and I really love it but this one's um a pretty amazing film it's uh sigourney weaver is living in a somewhere in south america with her husband after a major coup has kind of collapsed uh and, and like a political uh dictatorship has been overthrown and, and uh they there's a storm and her husband has had a flat tire and a man uh, drives her husband home And she hears his voice, which the man's Ben Kingsley. She hears his voice from inside the house, but doesn't see his face. And she just freezes and is scared shitless. And her husband comes in and she says, that's the man. And he's like, what do you mean? And she's like, that's the man who you know, held me captive and raped me every day for a year. And he, and I i never saw his face. I only heard his voice. And so then basically they more or less, you know, take Ben Kingsley's character hostage and he completely denies it the whole way through. Uh, and it basically becomes this very, interesting political back and forth tense 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 burn to figure out is he really that person or has she got it wrong and what's what's gonna what are they gonna do and it it's a really it's really one of his best movies and and I say that in his latter period where it really uh it really holds up um and actually even watching the trailer when I picked it made me want to just sit down and watch it again because I just remember it being like two heavyweights slugging it out him and Sigourney and it's definitely pairs well with his sexy beast role because it's like a very different different type of guy uh than his uh, more over the top uh villain you know
2: yeah that's a that's a cool pick i, I i'm a big fan of that movie it's dark stuff yeah, it is next on my list going back into comedy territory for a little bit and this is um mannequin on the move long
5: ago in a faraway kingdom do not draw that sword unless you intend to
1: use it sir a dashing prince and his lady fair ran into a few problems.
2: A symbol of our eternal love.
4: <laughs> you have cursed my gift. Frozen forever. Until she meets a true love from another land. And that is the legend of Hauptmann Konig's Enchanted Peasant Girl.
1: A thousand years later, Jason Williamson started a new job well lucky you it seems we have an opening on Mr Montrose's staff
5: okay. give me cheekbones I'll give me that
1: and found the girl of his dreams it's 2.5 billion women in the world and I'm trying to score with
4: a statue there is definitely something wrong with me
5: <clears> There's <throat> one' tight Donkashin. you're welcome! Ah! Ah! Why are you running?
0: Why am I running? Why are you moving? what she got?
1: After a 10-century snooze...
4: The lights are beautiful. How does it all work? Uh,
5: well... She's got some catching up to do. It's diet soda. No calories, no sugar, no caffeine.
0: Oh, we had something like that back home called water.
5: Who's in the bathroom? No questions, please. We do not fall in love with empty things unless, of course, that daddy's a rich. And in this case, her daddy's a redwood, so I forget about it.
6: Jason.
5: It's not what you're thinking, Mom.
6: He's in love with a dummy.
5: Oh! The count is here to preview the display. Are you sure you're supposed to be out in the daylight? Get back. <laughs> I want to see the enchanted
1: peasant girl now. <laughs> the peasant goes alive that
5: is impossible i have to save her hollywood
1: no one messes with conspirezzo
5: <laughs> i thought cupid aimed for the heart hey i learned this from the marines
2: you were in the marines
5: yes they were looking for a few good men and so was i
2: jason come on
5: mannequin on the move <laughs> stranger things have happened where have you been all my life
6: frozen <laughs> <laughs>
2: That, the sequel? that is the sequel, uh, Mannequin Two, and I, you know, I'm a big Mannequin fan.
3: Yeah, I, I like Mannequin
2: a lot. You know, it's it's one I saw in those drive-in years when it was really formative for me. I totally saw it there and and dug it. So it's it's the sequel that I think people kind of discredit, and yeah, I, I think remember it. yeah, no, a lot of people maybe even haven't even seen it, but it's got William Ragsdale from Herman's Head and obviously from <laughs> Fright Night. Oh well, and
3: and let's let's just be clear, Fright Night Two.
2: Fright Night Two, of course, yes. <laughs> We should mention that. So yeah, it's just it start it starts in a much more ridiculous way. It starts in instead of Egyptian times, it starts in like King Arthur sort of era type knights and stuff, and flashes forward to the present day. And it's super. Oh
3: shit! Yeah, you're right. I remember that now.
2: Yeah, it's 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 definitely dumb, but Chris it, it's got Christy Swanson in it in the Kim Cattrall role, and I like her a lot, so it just works for me, and it's one that I feel like people should. If you've been skipping it all these years, definitely don't don't do that. Go watch it. It's it's on Blu-ray, so
3: don't wait. Get mannequin on the move. Yes, indeed. Uh, my next number three is a double because it's two films, but they're both about an hour each, and they were released together on the same VHS tape, uh, and they are both. They're my two favorite movies by this director, who I love most of his movies, and that's uh, Aki Kaurismäki from Finland. Uh, and this is The Match Factory Girl, and I hired a contract killer. They're both perfect. Like The Match Factory Girls, you know, touch better. It, it's just perfectly made. It's uh, his wife is the actress, and and she's like works in a dead end job making match factory, uh, making you know matches, uh, and then she goes home to like these like over foreboding parents, and then she's she gets pregnant because some guy guy misses stakes her as a prostitute and has sex with her even though it's just purely accidental and then she kind of plots her re- revenge after that and it's really like dry and basically silent i don't to be honest i don't recall any dialogue in it that's kind of how he makes his movies but that one particularly i remember being almost completely silent and stone-faced and pure 100 percent buster keaton type uh humor that they're going just very much like that film i recommended back in our uh, 2000s underrated uh, songs from the second floor by um uh, Roy Anderson very similar kind of style that film's brilliant and anyone I have ever met who's seen it thinks it's like one of the best films they've seen so it's got real power to it and just uh humor but the second one it might be of uh interest to some people because it's uh the, the Jean-Pierre Liao, who played Antoine Denel in uh, the five films for uh, François Truffaut, plays this guy and he's basically he's made redundant from his job, so he's so upset he wants to kill himself, so he hires a <laughs> contract killer to kill him and he wow. goes to the seedy bar.
1: A ginger ale. Where I come from? We eat places like this for breakfast. Oh, my
0: and
2: I need a killer.
3: And he hires the killer and says, just do it when I'm not expecting. And then, of course, the next morning, he meets this woman and falls completely in love. And he goes back to the bar to call it off. And the bar's been demolished. <laughs> and so... <laughs> From there on, he's basically trying to avoid <laughs> a contract killer. Uh, they're just like really perfect movies. These two, and I, and it's interesting because I think maybe the running time is why these are my two favorites of his because they're so short. It's like they're just the perfect length for the, something that's basically silent and simple and and funny and dry. Versus when they're two hours, which a lot of his other movies might be. Uh, but he, all his films are really interesting. If you've never seen any of them, The Man Who couldn't remember his past or the man who forgets I can't remember what it's called is there is one that kind of got a lot of attention maybe one con at one point but um, Aki Kairos a special director
2: <laughs> yeah I haven't seen enough of stuff you're stumping me all over the place tonight dude.
3: those two you would really that would be the starting point like I would tell anyone to jump in with those shorter ones
2: yeah I, I need to see those more comedy uh, this one is <laughs> I don't know why I have such an affection for this one I think it's just really adorable to me and that's blast from the past
1: You almost got us killed. I told you I've never driven before. We'll never drive again. You said it would be easy. Well, I was wrong.
6: Say, is this your house? Yes. I like it. What are you bitching about now? What are you doing here? I forgot some of my stuff.
1: Your stuff? Yeah. Let me see that. Oh, you came back for your underwear. Excuse
6: me, these are Ralph Lauren's.
1: How'd you get in?
6: Thanks. And who's this interesting-looking fellow?
4: This is Adam. Adam, this is Cliff.
6: How do you do? I do fine, Adam. How about yourself? You, uh, doing any good lately?
4: Go home, Cliff, wherever that might be.
6: Sheena Gilroy's apartment. You remember her? She's the, uh, model who went to Harvard. Hmm. Well, I better be going. Bye, Adam. Nice coat. Thank you, Cliff. It was very nice to meet you. That's a nice parking job, too. May I
1: ask you a question? He's a former boyfriend. We lived together for about six months. And yes, I still have a sort of a thing for him. That's what you wanted to know, isn't it? No, I was going to ask you why Cliff likes to wear another man's underpants.
2: What? Uh, oh, yeah. With, um... A bit more Walken. With Walken. Gotta love having Walken. So, the, the premise is just totally silly. But it's like uh, a naive man, played by Brendan Fraser, like comes out of a bomb shelter after being underground for thirty-five years, and he's all sort of 50s ized And so when he comes out into the, there's sort of a fish out of water doofiness to him. But you know, Christopher Walken plays his dad, and his love interest is Alicia Silverstone, who I have just, I don't know, those those movies were hit me in a formative time when she came out. I was. So I just like some of the movies that people talk about less. And it's directed by Hugh Wilson, who did Police Academy. And another movie that I will definitely bring up on the show at some point, And that is, uh, what the hell is it called? His Western. Hmm. Rustler's Rhapsody.
4: I smell sheep bad guys work for the colonel now there wouldn't happen to be any sheep herders in here would they
1: i'm not doing again, and i'm not going to do anything that might in any way cause you
2: it's a
4: tough town
3: I don't know
2: that one. It's really good. It's like, it's, I would say it's it's kind of a Blazing Sal's-ish thing, but it's more like airplane-ish, but it's even, there's like subtler spots. It's hard to explain, but it's it's really got some funny stuff in it. I think you would dig it, dude. I think you'd totally hmm. dig it. But anyway, I like Hugh Wilson a lot, and I totally forgot that he directed uh, he directed Blast from the Path. So yeah, it's just a cute, silly comedy. I'm definitely going to show this one to my daughter soon. I, I think she'll get a kick out of it. Kapow. good pow um, Good.
3: Gotta love those Vulcan, uh, Vulcanisms. Uh, <laughs> we'll need to keep them on, t- on file for audio slams. Uh, <laughs> boom. My number two... Is I'm just waiting uh, for the day. I've been waiting for a while to mention the film that this is a sequel to. So I'm holding off on the original film that is going to make one of my main lists on our show. Uh, But I haven't gotten to it yet. But the sequel is way underseen and really an amazing movie. Like one of those films where you're like, "Ah, I don't need to see that. And then you watch and go, whoa. that! And that is Peter Bogdanovich's Texas film from 1990.
0: High school sweethearts. Dwayne Jackson and J.C. Farrow. Going to the picture show and going all the way.
5: Oh, quit prison. I don't think you did right anyway.
0: 20 years after the Academy Award-winning Last Picture Show, it's a whole new ball game. Dwayne's a millionaire oil man. Carla, his beautiful wife. Ooh. And guess who just came back to town?
1: Don't I know you from somewhere?
0: Jeff Bridges.
5: JC, i I'm Dwayne Jackson. We went together in high school for a while.
0: Sybil Shepherd.
4: Did I have you madly in love?
0: Madly. Clarice Leachman.
4: You're scared to fall in love with her again, aren't
0: you? I don't know why we're even talking about this. Annie Potts. Just because I go looking for trouble doesn't mean I want any husband but you. William McNamara. Who were you sleeping with that Billy Ann found out about? Well, Mrs. Nolan and Mrs. Marlowe. Oh! Timothy Bottoms. I think we're all crazy now
5: i don't think i'm crazy i admit just about everybody
0: else is and randy quaid
5: my wife's about to bear you a grandchild i might be pregnant your old girlfriend's about to bear me a child
2: i think i'm pregnant
5: and unless i'm very lucky i'm headed for prison somebody must be making a fortune off fertility drugs in this county Why is
2: everybody
0: telling texasville
5: they're gonna have, they have a heartless side to them don't they this whole town is heartless <laughs>
2: Cheer up,
6: honey pie. It's a beautiful day, and you're riding around with
5: the two best-looking women in Texas. I think everybody in the whole county is waiting till now to go crazy.
0: (laughs) Texasville, it's not a place, it's a state of mind. It's not too smart to get too many women in love with you at the same time. From the director of Mask and Paper Moon and the author of Lonesome Dove and Terms of Endearment, Texasville, coming soon to a theater near you.
3: It is something beautiful, brilliant. Like it is one of those movies that I didn't see it till way later. Like I don't know, maybe it's ten years ago or something, and uh, I was floored by how good it was because I love. You know, I'll, I'm going to save my thoughts on Last Picture Show, but I think it's one of the great movies. And this film is just so cool because Jeff Bridges and uh, what's his name, Sybil Shepherd, who are kind of you know young sixteen year olds in the original film, and kind of you know messing around. In this, it's thirty two years later and they are like, you know, one was the football player, one was the prom queen, and now they're just like it's the summer of '84, and the town that the same town that they're from is having its big centen- centennial, bicentennial, and it's just all about like their lives now as like a couple and married life, and it, it's just you know it's just really well observed and and might be one of the best like sequels ever made like that no one talks about like yeah. no one talks about this movie, and when you think about a director going back to making something like this, it's just such a mature way to do it, and so if you have never seen that, which I think most people have never bothered uh and you're a fan of the original uh i can't recommend it enough
2: yeah that's a really great pick i i love the simpatico of the show because had i thought of it it totally would have been on this backup list for sure
3: yeah it's hard i mean when you're looking at this what you're saying on the main show is like we when you tackle a decade like this you're gonna miss more than you can get can catch like it's just gonna fall through the cracks a lot of good stuff.
2: I don't think that's on Blu-ray yet. I'm pretty sure it's not. Um, That's another
3: reason. I mean, they should be packaged together, you know? Yeah,
2: it just doesn't make any sense. There's no reason. I wish, maybe it's just a rights thing. I wonder why Criterion didn't ever. Anyway, it's great. I agree with you. And totally, you don't see a lot of sequels like that where it's so many years later and the same characters. It just doesn't happen. Um,
3: I wouldn't be surprised if um, Link Ladder's whole thing is influenced by those. The whole Before Sunrise, Before Sunset. I think it's all because of that film. That would be one of my guesses.
2: It's crazy that I never put that together until you, you mentioned it. I I'd
3: never thought about it until this exact second, but because it's Texas and just the way it's charting a couple. It's 100%. Years, 100% yeah.
2: got to be an influence. That's great. Yeah, we'd have to ask him one day. That'd yeah, be I'd have to ask him. I'm sure he would acknowledge it. Yeah, I, I'm sure he loves – I know he likes Bogdanovich, so yeah. he, he's 100% one of us in the way that I just think is so cool. If you go to YouTube, you can look up introductions that he and Lars Nelson have done for various – screenings at the Austin Film Society, and they're all fantastic. All his intros are just great. You know, whether he's talking about Blue Collar, I think he did Blue Collar. Oh, man, what's the one I just watched? Anyway, there's tons of great stuff. Go look those up. Um, next up for me is a movie called Last Night.
6: Coming up on the last night on the planet. And you're listening to CKRT. Good evening. I'm calling from the gas company. Rest assured that we will
4: do our utmost to keep the gas flowing right until the end.
6: So, you're going to a party? You have to take life in your own hands. I'm surprised you could come. Patrick? What? You're being obnoxious. Yeah, well, exactly. Look what Santa brought you last night. It's not really Christmas today, is it, Mom? Would it hurt you to play along just once? My car got attacked. But what I do find pathetic is people send, as soon as they hear that the world is ending, they rush out and try and hook up with someone like it was closing time at Studio 54. I don't want us to be together. It's not like I wanted sex with you, but I do feel like I, I, I like you.
1: Tell me something to make me love you.
2: Don McKellar, Sandra O, oh,
4: Callum Keith Rennie, Sarah Bolly, David Cronenberg, Genevieve Boujol. Oh, yeah. Party like there's no tomorrow. This is crazy. Last night.
3: I just don't want to risk having bad sex today. Oh, dude, that was that was. Wait, is that? Are you talking about the end of the world one? Yeah, yeah. Isn't that 2000 or is that 99?
2: 98 I, I got a listing for.
3: Oh, shit. Yeah, that would have totally been on my list. of I love that film. Yeah, it's I, one of my favorite films. Uh, my favorite of those like coming up to 2000, end of kind of the world thing, that was easily my favorite as well. Yeah, good it's,
2: it's great. I mean, I compare it a little bit to Seeking a Friend at the End of the yeah. World, which I yeah. I, I like yeah. a good deal too. I I probably like this a little more, but – but I really like that movie, and, and I like end-of-the-world dramedies, and that's what this is. But it's it's Canadian. Uh, it's directed by Don McKellar, who is a Canadian actor that you would probably recognize. He was in some Cronenberg movies like Existence.
3: All right, ready? I'm going to tribute you. Yeah. Which film from Elric's picks this episode does Don McKellar, not this episode, but our 90s cult episode, is Don McKellar in?
2: Oh, boy.
3: Yeah. You don't this? have to go back far. You only have to go back this week. Can you yeah. pick it don't the nope. keller?
2: I can't do it right now. I'm I'm just I can't do it.
3: He, he is in The Adjuster by Adam McGuire. Of course he is. He is the, he is the I one who like... starts trying to fondle her in a um the censor, the wife is a censor, he starts fondling her in the uh while they're watching a movie and she rejects him and laughs at him, and it's pretty awesome. I love Don McKellar, he's awesome.
2: Yeah, he's great. He's great. A big Danny Perry fan, by the way. Oh, uh,
3: we gotta find him.
2: He he, uh, he was on the hook for a, a little while a few years back, but he I couldn't get it I couldn't line it up with him because he's not in LA that much. But mm. if he ever comes, dude, we got to get him. I'd love to talk to him about that, you know?
3: That would be so cool. Yeah, he's a, he's a really funny guy. Good director and great presence.
2: Yeah, no, he's really good. And and this is just like a really understated post-apocalyptic comedy. I can't even remember if they tell you why the world is ending. I don't know if they I don't think so. No, I don't think they do. So it's just like people kind of being cranky with each other, trying to just sort of decide how they want to spend the last night. And it's got Sandra O. Oh, David
3: Cronenberg has a major role in it he that's right is Sandra O's, I think uh, the guy she's trying to get back to initially and he's like treated like it's only time Cronenberg's been in a movie treated like completely normally like he's treated like a normal guy actor you know he, I think he's a doctor or something and he never says he's got a gun you know it's like kind of amazing it's very straight for Cronenberg but uh it's it's a fun movie. It's I haven't seen it since about 2000, but it, it left a big impression on me.
2: Sarah Pauli too.
3: Sarah Pauly, yeah. That was, I think, the first time I noticed her.
2: Yeah. Um, Don McKellar did this really amazing TV show. I know this is a movies podcast, but it's a very cinematic show. It's called Twitch City, and huh. I happened to cross it on some... I had to get it on a bootleg because it's Canadian TV, but it's basically Don McCullough plays a guy who is so agoraphobic, he will not leave his own apartment. And so he just... It's like... It's kind of like dark backwardish in a way, but it's a little more grounded in reality. But it has the sense of last night where there's almost like a post-apocalyptic thing happening, but it's very comedic. So anyway, I feel like some of that fed into this. But yeah, this one's just sort of disappeared. It's it's on DVD. I have the DVD, but it's never... I don't know that it's come out on Blu-ray. I could be wrong, although we got some really nice people telling us about some Blu-rays that of the 90s stuff we talked about that we w- thought wasn't available. So that's pretty cool.
3: Yeah, that no, that's a great pick. And that would... I, I think I must have not looked that one up because I thought it was 2000 because it, probably because of the subject matter, because uh, it's all about leading up to the millennium, uh, millennium. Uh, yeah, yeah. Interesting. Uh, good choice. my um, number one or the one at the end, but it, it would be my number one. Cause it's also a movie that, you know, I could also leave off almost cause I think it's now just come to criterion, I believe. So it's now finally got the credit it deserved. But when I was originally a fan of this movie, it was not, uh, as acclaimed in uh, America and other countries besides France, and that is uh, Lovers on the Bridge by Leo Harracks. Oh. C'est quoi?
1: Michel.
4: Qu'est-ce que tu fais ici, Michel? Comment tu m'as retrouvé?
1: Ouvre-moi, Julien.
4: Chut. Enlève ton doigt. Je te vois pas. Ouvre-moi. Non, Michel. C'est... Faut plus voir. vous oubliez maintenant.
0: Mais pas très réclamer de l'amour. Non. Il y a une chose que tu sais pas, Julien. Sur moi. Sois pas cruel.
4: Chut. Enlève ton doigt.
0: J'ai besoin de te voir. Une dernière fois, Julien. J'ai besoin de te peindre. Non. T'as pas le droit de refuser. Si. Amour. Amour. Si tu refuses, tu vas voir. Tu vas.
3: I just think it's like. One of the best movies I've ever seen. Period. Oh my like gosh. flat out masterpiece.
2: No, it's 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 fantastic, dude. That's crazy that I totally left that off. I mean, now my <laughs> I it should have been on my other
3: list. That's the thing. Yeah, I, that and I, it
2: should have been on mine too. I it's, think
3: I just had so many esoteric ones on there that I you know kind of forgot about it. And
2: yeah, that's crazy that I I can't believe I left that off. I'm, now my number one is going to seem ridiculous because it's so trite in comparison. But yeah, that is le- legitimately one of the best movies I've ever seen, and I saw it. Man, it's I saw so kind it, man. I saw it in such a great way. You know the Real Grit screening series at all? Yeah, I've heard them. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's a great series. It's on Sunday nights at the AFI. Although I think they may be on a high. I don't know. I'm sorry, on hiatus right now. But they do a thing every year called the Real Grit Six Shooter, and it's all free. You have to kind of get on the list to do it. But they run six films in a row at the AFI in the screening room, and they usually have people introduce the films. Now I'm totally blanking on who. I feel like it was an editor. Ryan, someone. Yeah, introduced um, and picked the movie. So, like, uh, I'm trying to think. John Dahl picked, like, Ace in the Hole and introduced it. That was killer. And then I can't remember who who picked... Um, lovers on the bridge, but I'd never seen it. So I saw it theatrically for the first time and it just blew me away. Absolutely blew me away.
3: It's, it's one of the most expensive French movies because, uh, what's well, Juliette Binoche and, uh, Dennis Levant, who, uh, you would know, uh, people would know he's, he's just an incredible, uh, performer from, um, uh, Holy Motors, more, most recently also by Carrick's, but Claire Denis, uh, Beau Trevai was the one that you know a lot of people would recognize him from, but he was in the first uh, three Carrick's films in a row, each one kind of getting a little older uh, with the director, kind of growing up with a, a, a Carrick's. I guess I would liken Carrick's in a way to France's Paul Thomas Anderson, in a sense. Like, I think... Yeah they have a lot of similarities in their style, their approach and the way they make movies like making it with some of the same kind of people repeating. But this is just a movie that has so much energy. It's too like ba- Vagrants, Julie Binoche is losing her eyesight, Dennis Levant is really like, you know, he's a fire breather who looks like he's kind of lost his mind a bit and looks very out of it when you when we first meet him. And it just builds this incredible portrait of the two people kind of the outside of French culture. Uh, but on the backdrop of this Pont Neuf bridge, which is like, I think it was the oldest bridge in Paris and in the background the these sequence of what the crazy fireworks. And I've heard that the film because they recreated the bridge to film on like really was an incredibly expensive movie. So it definitely deserves cult in the sense that when it came out, I don't think it did particularly well initially uh in France because of the compared to the cost and it really hurt his, you know, reputation in some ways, but then of course, you know, it's gone on to just knock people, knock people's socks off and just recently I think got the Criterion release, right?
2: I I don't I'm not sure. I think it's on Blu-ray, but I, I can't remember put it Yeah,
3: out. but I know it was very recent, and it's yeah, it's it's truly dynamite. If you if you're into oh, it was farms, Kino. So.
2: Sorry, Kino, uh, put, Kino. Okay. Put out lovers. Yeah, it's it's just literally. I, I just it was one of those things where you, I couldn't have seen it in a better way because I didn't have. I mean, I knew of it and I'd heard people say it was good, but enough time had passed between the great praise of it that I was literally like, "Oh, this will be interesting." And to have a movie just completely bowl you over, it was an incredible experience.
3: It's basically the greatest thing that can happen to you. Like and if you're a movie person, that kind of blind going into something and then just being, especially if it's not a movie you would normally seek out on your own and then you watch it and it's what just like fucking, you know, blows your mind. I've had that a number of times happen to me. But I think that one I found on VHS. But still, I know exactly what you're saying. It's 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 what we all want. It's that high you want to kind of repeat.
2: Yeah, that would have been a good way to close this episode. But I'm gonna close it in a really <laughs> stupid way, with uh, a movie that I still have a lot of fondness for, and I still think it's a great. It's it's kind of my Joe Dante ask pick in a way. I mean, it's it's not Joe Dante esque because. Wait, no, but we
3: already t- we already talked about Celtic Pride.
2: <laughs> no, not one. baby. Not what I was thinking of. Um, man, another one just occurred to me, and that's Digstown.
6: You know the difference between a hustler and a good con man? A hustler has to get out of town as quick as he can. But a good con man, he doesn't have to leave till he wants to.
5: Hi. Even
4: Two things we never joke about here in Digstown, Mr. Kane.
0: Our boxing and our betting. I never heard of no honey Roy Palmer.
1: Could take on any ten of you in a day. Nobody can take ten men. Any ten, any day.
0: I'd bet a thousand on it. But would you bet two thousand bucks on it? I got ten thousand
4: dollars against your thousand. How's about your hundred thousand dollars against my ten thousand? You're not serious. <laughs> Roy's in, right? I mean, I haven't asked him yet. I know you're here to try and pitch me on something, but I'm off the con, man. I'm out completely, forever. Huh? All right. Oh. What do you mean,
3: all right? I mean, if you're not interested, you're not interested.
4: Pick me up at eight. How old is this boy? Forty-eight.
1: Ten men in twenty-four hours. He ain't gonna last ten seconds.
4: Are you fighters? You do exactly what I say. You make a thousand
6: dollars. Emily, I need your help. The kind of information that can get you killed.
4: Dear Lord,
0: give us the strength to tear this man from
6: limb to limb. Yes. yes. So the
2: bank
5: Key owner was the whole town up
0: with these buzzbeats. I'm thinking of upping our side bet to an even quarter million dollars. Who's next?
5: You. Ouch. Getting old on me? Go 15 rounds. You're wheezing like an old goat. I don't know what's worse, Fighting him or listening to your mouth. Hey! You want
4: to bet? Let's bet. A million and a half dollars or I forfeit and you kill me right now. Oh boy, get up, it ain't over with it. Okay, look, he's bigger than you are, he's tougher, he's faster, he's younger than you are. He hasn't fought 22 rounds today, but you remember this. You are black. What the hell is that supposed to mean? I don't know. I mean, it's, I'm trying to inspire you. You know, it's it's a roots kind of thing. Hmm. He seems awful mad. Did
3: you tell him he was black?
2: Digstown is a good yeah, cult I movie. Right. Was, I remember the cover, but I don't remember. It's a gambling movie. It's a Michael Ritchie uh, boxing gambling movie with um, oh. James Woods and Lou Gossett Jr. It's it was one of my the, my workers favorites when I worked at Block. Anyway, that's that's another cult movie for this, but but mine is Peter Hyams's Stay Tuned from 1992, mm-hmm. um, which I just think is a really still very funny television parody, basically. Because it, I mean, you, have you seen this one?
3: Uh, it does. I mean, I love Peter Hines, but that does not ring a bell. It's got John
2: Ritter, Pam Dauber from, um, oh man, uh, from Mork, Mork and Mindy, I Jeffrey Jones, Eugene Levy's in it. It's basically like this family. They're sucked into a, a hellish television set, and ha- and they have oh, to survive maybe. like all these like twisted versions of shows that they are in. Like instead of Wayne's World, it's like Dwayne's Underworld.
3: Three (laughs) Men and Rosemary's Baby. Yeah,
2: I mean it's it's just very silly, but they're so they're in the TV and the kids are trying to get them out, and it's this whole thing.
5: Sorry to disturb you at this hour, but I have something you want: a new TV. It broadcast programs no one had ever seen. Wednesday at 9, don't miss an all-new episode of The Silencer of the Lambs. Then one night, Roy and Helen Nable got sucked in and discovered that Hell is one TV show after another. Let's welcome our new contestants, Roy and Helen Nabel And they're starring in every show. I've watched enough wrestling to know one thing. It's all fake. No one ever gets oh. Not fake. Not fake. So
4: the, object, the object, Mr. Pierce, is to kill them before they reach the end.
1: Oh, my God. We're cartoons. I am not a mouse. I'm Helen Nable. I have two beautiful children. Mom? Our parents are trapped <laughs> in television.
5: Now, they can't go home. They can only switch channels.
1: Where'd he go? Hey! Watch
5: out! And every series is a nightmare. Oh! That's entertainment. Because Satan is the sponsor.
2: Okay, everybody. Head spins. Very good. Very nice.
1: Well, time to rock and roll. start
5: me up. You got star me up. start Don't miss this comedy from hell. Whee!
2: but I just I love think Ritter.
3: Ritter rules.
2: he's so great. He's such an incredible, I mean, I'm going to bring him up again. You know, I got to find a way to bring up, you know, like skin deep and, and some of these yeah. other great Ritter comedic performances that skin deep is like a whole other level for him. Cause it's for dramatic too. It's a very tough tonal thing to do. And I think he's great, but yeah, he's one of the great comic actors of our time. And I think because of his television stuff, he's a little bit marginalized and not to say that he's not good on the television, but you know, three's company just eclipses everything. And you look at the work he did with Peter Bogdanovich. he's fantastic. And you know, he's noises off. That's another (laughs) comedy that I should have totally put on this list. That's a really great screwball with, um, in fact, that should be my number one. Forget it, I'm changing it. Dottie, where's Dottie?
5: Everyone's always so nice to everyone.
2: Isn't she just, I mean, she really is, isn't she? Belinda's Ooh. being all you know. <laughs> Freddie, my darling, don't you like a nice all-night tech rehearsal? Only thing I like about tech rehearsals is you get a chance to sit in the furniture. <laughs> oh, Freddie, my darling, it's so good to see you cheering up and making
5: jokes. Oh, is that a joke? <laughs>
2: oh, this is- nice company to work with such a happy company where do
4: we get to broadway in six months if
2: where do we get to cleveland in three months lloyd my darling are you all right
4: i'm starting to know what god felt like when he sat out there in the darkness creating the world
5: and what did he feel like lloyd my dear
4: very pleased he'd taken his valium
5: well he had six days of course we've only got six hours
4: and god said where the hell is tim and there the hell was tim And God said, let there be doors that open when they open and close when they close. Do something? Doors. I was getting the bananas for the sardines. Doors. Doors. I bet God had a stage manager (laughs) who understood English, too.
6: Tim, honey, that door won't close.
4: And the bedroom won't, you know. Oh, right. Lloyd, he hasn't been to bed for 48 hours. Don't worry, Tim. Only another 24 hours. and It'll be
3: the end of the day.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Noises off is better than stay tuned. But they're both great. You could double it as a uh, John Ritter... um, comedy night
3: it's only funny. these patreon supporters will know just how uh you know crazy and fly by the seat you are uh, <laughs> it's Mr. you usually make your list like two years in advance of our episodes that's true and here you're just doing it on the fly i can't believe it yep. i wish we were going to new york in a couple days so we could record some in person on the fly <laughs> if only
2: if only that was a thing
3: well that uh, was fun going all over the 90s and i think uh hopefully there's a few more gems in there it was hard to just limit to those first ten,
2: yeah no i i mean i had I had like three or four more, like good Burger and shakes the Clown and pie and shit, so I mean, like there's so much stuff from that decade, I can't even
3: yeah it's it's a good one, and then I guess next season we get to go to hmm maybe it will be time to finally go into the 80s for yeah. cult movies.
6: Yeah.
2: That will
3: be interesting to see if there's anything left to even discover or if it's all been well-mined.
2: Yeah, that that would be tough. We'd have to dig pretty deep on that, I feel like.
3: Well, you never know. There could be a few, but, uh, yeah, but it will be interesting to see. Um, well, that was good. I'm glad we got to do that. Um, thank you, Patreon supporters. It means a lot to us. Uh, share the word. Tell people that uh, this is worth your $5. If it is, if it's not, then, you know go to the go listen to 80s all over (laughs) um (laughs) give them your money instead
2: (laughs) yes but hopefully you enjoyed it um went way longer than we thought but that's just how we roll with patreon
3: sometimes it happens yeah it was a good time anyway
2: all All right right. bye-bye